good morning, Element Church. Thank you so much for joining us for our online worship gathering this morning. We are so excited to be able to worship alongside of you. Uh, wherever you're joining us from, whether you're on Facebook Live, uh, joining us on our church online platform, or even watching this on demand later, uh, we're so thankful to have you in worship with us today. Uh, I hope all of you had a very happy, blessed, and merry Christmas. And you know, now that Christmas is over, just a few days past now, uh, we're beginning to transition and get ready for the new year. Um, you know, there's a lot of transition that takes place for us. It's, there's a bit of preparation for the new year. Uh, maybe you're making adjustments to uh, your schedule. Maybe you're making some changes in your personal life, setting New Year's resolutions, whatever it may be, making adjustments for the new year while also kind of taking a look back over the last year. Uh, what a crazy year it has been, no doubt. I'm guessing for many of you, the way in which you celebrated Christmas, um, where you celebrated it, how you celebrated it, with whom you celebrate it, was a little different this year. Uh, but we rejoice because why we celebrate Christmas has not changed. And so I hope you had a Merry Christmas. And as we transition to the new year, uh, I want us to begin preparing ourselves for all that God has in store for us in 2021. You know, as we kind of wrap up this year, uh, you'll start seeing news stories, uh, stories on your Facebook feed and Instagram feed, um, reflecting back over the last year. Uh, there's an organization out there called Oxford Languages. They're the kind of parent company over uh, the Oxford um, University Press. They're over the Oxford Dictionary. Uh, and every year they do this campaign where they look back over the previous year and they come up with a word for the year. Uh, uh, some kind of word that captures the essence of the last 12 months. A lot of times it might be a new word, something that didn't formerly exist in the English language, but because of the rapid changes in our society and culture, maybe a new word kind of emerges uh, that sort of captures what that year was like. Um, or it may be a, a word or a short phrase that's not new, but has new meaning because of the last year. Um, just looking back over um, some of the last years, you know, sometimes they pick a word for the year that's funny, sometimes it's very serious. Uh, in 2009, uh, the word for that year was unfriend. You know, this kind of new concept of social media was growing. Uh, we had always known about friendship and growing and having friends and new friends, but this idea of unfriending someone was, was rather new. And so they, they chose unfriend as sort of a word that captured the year for 2009. Uh, in 2013, the word for the year was selfie. Uh, as that kind of emerged as more of uh, just a regular part of life for so many people. Uh, in 2015, it actually was the first time they didn't use a word or a phrase uh, and instead chose the, la uh, the laughing emoji, um, which again, just as culture changes and the way we communicate uh, begins to change, uh, they felt like that kind of captured the essence of that year. Um, but not all of them are silly. In 2016, their word for the year or phrase was post-truth. Last year in 2019, uh, the phrase that they chose to sort of capture the year uh, was climate emergency. Now, as they begin preparing to come up with the word for the year for 2020, you can imagine what, what kind of trouble they had. Like, how do you pick one word that really captures what all of us have experienced uh, over this, these last 12 months. 
And, and they did something different than this year than they've ever done before. And instead of choosing one word or small phrase, they did what they called words of an unprecedented year. And instead of just choosing one, they chose a handful of words that sort of captured um, the essence of what we've gone through this year. Some, some words that um, have become a regular part of our vocabulary that we hardly ever used before. Uh, one of them was the word unprecedented. I mean, that's a word that's existed for a long time, but how often did you actually hear it until 2020? Uh, another word that they chose or an acronym was COVID. Uh, another was uh, remote working. Again, not a completely foreign concept, but one that has really kind of captured and, and become a part of our daily language. Um, lockdown, stay at home order. These were words and, and phrases that, again, it's not that they didn't exist before, but they've taken on a whole new meaning and have gone from phrases that we would rarely hear to words and phrases we use almost every day. And as we think about this last year, I have a question for you. If you had to choose one word or one short phrase that sort of captured the essence of 2020 for your life, what would it be? Now, for some of you, it might actually take a little while to think through it. Um, have to reflect on it. Some of you may be able to come up with one fairly quickly. And so if, if you're watching with us and, and worshiping with us live, whether it's on Facebook, our church online platform, um, I hope you've already introduced yourself and welcomed one another. Um, but I want you to get involved in, in what we're doing. And I want you to, to, to type in the chat, what would be the one word that captures 2020 for you? So take a minute, think about it, and then share that with the rest of us if you're watching live with you. You know, as you're thinking about it, the, the word or phrase that you choose, it, it could, be, uh, could be very positive. Now, I know 2020 was unusual, but for some people, 2020 was actually very good. I mean, there were certainly challenges, but in the end, there's a lot of positive that came out of it. And so maybe, maybe even though some things went poorly, the overall theme of their year was positive. Your word or phrase could be negative. Or it could be somewhat neutral. But as you think about it, I want you to share that with us. And as you're sharing that with us, I have another question for you. Um, as you think about what your word is, whatever that is, whatever that word you chose is, did circumstances choose that word for you? As you think back over this last year, whatever word or phrase you would use to capture 2020, did circumstances choose that word for you? Or did you intentionally build that idea, that word or phrase into your life, into your habits, into your routine, into your attitude, into your behaviors in 2020? Did circumstance choose that for you? Or, or did you intentionally build that into your life? And as we think about 2020, as we approach the new year, we naturally begin looking forward to the next year. And so I have another question for you. What will your word be for 2021? What is your word going to be that defines uh, who you are and, and who God is creating you to be over this next year? What if instead of waiting 12 months from now, looking back on 2021 and then trying to decide what's that one word or that one phrase that captures my year? What if instead of waiting until we get there, waiting and allowing circumstances, things that you and I have very little control over, 
instead of allowing those to dictate how we define our year, what if we began looking forward? What if we began being intentional? What if we began exploring what it is that God really wants to do in and through your life over this next year? I want to read a passage of scripture to you out of Isaiah chapter 43. Um, The context of this verse is God is speaking to the Israelite people through his prophet Isaiah. And God is speaking to a group of people who have been experiencing terrible circumstances. Uh, They've gone through some very difficult times as individuals and especially as a nation. Not only have they recently gone through very difficult times, but many of them are fearful about what the future may hold, about how much worse things could get. And thinking about what they're going through, God wants to turn their attention to something else. And here's what God says to his people through his prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 43, and I'm going to start in verse 18. God says this, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. As God is speaking to these people who've gone through some really rough circumstances, who are living in the midst of uncertainty, God wants to turn their attention to something new. God wants to turn their attention to something different. God wants to turn their attention to a ray of hope shining before them. He wants them to stop looking backwards at all the difficult situations and circumstances that they've recently gone through. He wants them to turn their eyes away from future uncertainty and rather focus on what it is that God is getting ready to do in and through their lives, both as individuals and as a nation. There's a couple of phrases that God uses here that I really love. There in verse 19, towards the end, he, he says that, that I will make a way in the wilderness. You know, I love the outdoors. Uh, I love just about all kinds of activities that you can do outdoors. And some of the things that I love the most um, are being up in the mountains, uh, hunting and hiking. Uh, this fall, I had the privilege of going on two separate elk hunting trips. And, um, you know, when you're in the, in the woods and you're, and you're in the mountains and you're hunting elk, um, you're sort of out there in the wilderness uh, making your own path forward. There are no trails out in the middle of nowhere in the mountains saying, uh, follow this path and it'll lead you right to where you're trying to go. It'll take you right to the elk. Uh, it's treacherous. You're, you're making your own path uh, as you move forward, climbing over rocks, climbing over logs, uh, sometimes getting on your hands and knees and crawling under fallen branches. And uh, what would normally be an easy uh, distance to travel when you're having to make your own way, it's difficult and it takes a lot of energy and a long time. But in addition to hunting, I also love hiking. Actually, my wife and I and our kids Uh, My older two had the privilege and the exciting uh, opportunity to climb our very first 14er this summer, which is kind of sad given that uh, we're going on our 13th year of calling Colorado our home. But we finally did it. It's been on our list for a long time. And uh, climbing a 14er was tough. Uh, There's a lot of elevation 
gain and just being at higher elevations and lower oxygen levels, like there's a lot of challenges to it. However, the one thing that we didn't have to do while we were hiking the 14er was create our own trail. Uh, we didn't have to create our own path. Um, we didn't have to cut through all this dense vegetation because someone had already laid out the path for us. And here God says, listen, where there is no clear path forward, I will make one. I will make a way in the wilderness. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It's not a promise that there won't be any challenges. But what God says is, I'm not going to leave you alone to try to figure it out by yourself. I'm going to do something new. I want you to quit looking backwards. I want you to start looking forwards. And where you don't see a way, I'll make a way. In addition to saying that he would make a way in the wilderness, he says, I'll make rivers in the desert. Where there is no natural relief or refreshment, God provides it. When we don't have all the answers of how we're going to make it work, when God is out front leading us, God says, I'll provide what you need. And so I just kind of want to come back to that question I asked a minute ago. What will your word for 2021 be? And here's our challenge for you today. As we prepare for this new year, let's not wait 12 months to decide what 2021 is going to be about. Let's take action. Let's be intentional. Let's stop looking backwards and start looking forwards. Let's trust God that he wants to do something in and through us. And that even where there is no way in the wilderness, he will make a way. Even though we feel like we're in the desert, he will provide the rivers of nourishment that we need. So what will your word for 2021 be? Maybe, maybe for you, your word for 2021 will be identity. Maybe you will stop allowing the labels that you or other people put on you define you. And you will press into what it means to find your identity in Christ. Uh, maybe your word for 2021 will be joy. Maybe no matter what happens to you this next year, you're going to learn to find and celebrate joy in all circumstances. Maybe for this next year, your word could be simplify. Perhaps starting in 2021, when people start asking you every day, every week, hey, how are you? You could finally stop answering, busy. Maybe this next year, your word will be leader. Maybe instead of just seeing what happens, you're going to take ownership and responsibility in leading your family. What is your word for 2021 going to be? Uh, I had a pastor who was very influential in my life um, many years ago who had this phrase that he used all the time and it just, just has been burned in my memory. Um, one that's made a big impact on me. He used to say this all the time. Everywhere, everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Listen, at the end of next year, all of us are going to be somewhere all of us are going to be someone. Everyone will be. But at the end of next year, are you going to be that person on purpose? Or are you going to just allow circumstances to dictate 
how you get there. So here's what we're going to do. The first thing we're going to do is we prepare to pick a word for 2021. As we begin to examine what it is that God wants to do in and through us, who God wants us to be, is we're going to start with prayer. We're not going to just come up with what we want for our lives. It's, it's not just about making more money or having more free time for vacation, but what does God want to do in you? And the only way we can answer that question is if we start with prayer. I want to look at Psalm 139. Uh, it's a prayer that King David in the Old Testament wrote nearly 3,000 years ago. And this is how he opens his prayer in Psalm 139, and I'm going to start in verse 1. He says, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. And I love the way that Paul, uh, excuse me, I love the way that David opens his prayer here. It's just this acknowledgement that if, if we're being honest, can we all just admit that God knows us better than we even know ourselves? Now, at first, that almost seems like an absurd thought. Like, how is it even possible that God could know me better than I know me? But if you would just be honest with yourself for a minute, you would have to recognize that all of us, all of us, are fully capable of lying to ourselves. Matter of fact, we probably do it more than we even like to admit. We lie to ourselves to make us feel good um, about our mistakes and our actions. You know, we, we, we think, oh, I know I did that, but what my heart was, but what I meant was, what my intentions were. And, and to, to make ourselves feel better, we often lie to ourselves. And, and here David is just acknowledging that, God, you know me. You know everything inside and out, even before I do. He, he closes with this knowledge that you have of me, he said in verse six, is too wonderful for me. It is so high, I cannot attain it. David just recognizing that God knows us better than we even know ourselves. I want you to remember, he opened his prayer with, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. I want to jump down to verse 23 as he's preparing to close his prayer and listen to what he asks of God in verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, here David's asking God to search him, but didn't he just acknowledge at the beginning of his prayer that God already had searched him and already knew him? So what is David asking? Well, it's not that he's asking God to discover something new that God doesn't already know, but it's a process of opening himself up to God and what God wants to do in and through him. And notice as he says, God, you have searched me. Now I want you to search me again. And then he concludes it with this thought, which tells us David's heart and lead me in the way everlasting and lead me, search me, know me, lead me. What David is acknowledging is that God knows where David is at even better than he does. 
And David is acknowledging it and then asking God, will you take what you know about my strengths and my weaknesses, about about, uh, the, the strong points of my attitude and my thoughts and my heart and my behaviors and the weaknesses, and will you use that to lead me forward? It's a prayer. And it's a prayer that you and I are gonna pray as we prepare for this next year. We're gonna acknowledge that God knows us even better than we know ourselves and God knows what he needs and wants to do in us this next year. And not only do we acknowledge it, but then we ask for God, would you search me and then would you lead me? God, would you show me where to go this next year? So as you prepare to pick a word for this next year, we don't do it just based off what we want or what we think would be a good idea or what someone tells us we should do. We start by searching after God and saying, God, where do you want to take me? What do you want to do in and through me? God, who do you want me to become? And then after praying about it, as we select our word, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to share it. The worst thing you could do is to pick a word and then keep it to yourself. Because 12 months later, if no one knows that you picked a word, then there's no accountability. Then then there's no motivation for us to grow in these areas. So the next thing we're going to do is we're going to tell someone, maybe tell everyone. If you already know what your word for this next year is, if you're watching with us live on our church online platform or on Facebook live, uh, I want to invite you right now. Will you share your word? what you believe God wants to do in and through you, who God wants to create in you over this next year. Will you share that with us right now live if you're watching with all of us? Maybe you're not quite ready. You need some more time to think and to pray about it. But my challenge to you is this, to tell someone. At the very least, tell someone who lives in your own household. But if you're a part of an e-group, that would be a great place to share it. With, with people who already know you and care about you and want to see you grow. If you're not a part of an e-group, that's something maybe that you can uh, set a New Year's resolution to become a part of one this next year. Or maybe when you are at church this next Sunday, which we'll be back to meeting live this coming Sunday, this first Sunday in January, uh, that would be a great opportunity to pull someone aside and say, hey, this is my word for the year. Help me. Ask me about it. And as you share your word, I challenge you, start asking others. Now, as we begin to close out our thoughts on this and and, uh, wrap up our time together, um, the invitation is for you to just um, really devote the next several days, the rest of this year, um, to praying and seeking after God and what word he may bring to your mind. If in the end you struggle and you just are like, "I, I I don't have one, I don't know what to do, then perhaps you could adopt the word that our church is is taking on for 2021. Um, As leaders of Element Church, our staff and elders have been praying over like what it is that God wants us to do as a church and how he wants us not only to grow, but to challenge others in areas of their life to grow. And the word that we unanimously agreed on, that we felt like God was bringing forward for us as a church was the word margin. Now, all of us are vaguely familiar with what margin is. 
You know, it's that extra white space on the edges of a piece of paper. But even though we vaguely know what it is, maybe some of us would have a hard time defining it. Like what is margin in your actual life? Not just on a piece of paper. What does margin in your life look like? And there's a couple ways we could define it. Um, one of the ways we could define it would be the amount available beyond what is necessary. That's what it means to have margin in your life, is to have availability beyond what you need. Or we could say it like this. Margin is the difference between what you have and what you need. Now, if we were all meeting live together in, in the school, like we usually are most Sundays, uh, I would ask a question, i challenge everyone to respond, and I'd say, hey, if, if you're in here, and if, if you would say this is true of you, I want you to raise your hand. How many of you would say, I'm stressed? And if we were meeting live, I'm guessing most hands in the auditorium would go up because all of us feel stress in our lives. How many of you wish you had less stress? How many of you would say, I wish I had uh, less distractions in my life? I wish I had less obligations in my life. How many of you would say, I wish I had more time? I wish I had more freedom. I wish I had more money. I wish I had more emotional capacity. That's margin. And so as we begin preparing for this next year, as a church, what we're going to do is we're going to take four Sundays uh, over the course of the next year to talk about margin and how we can grow and build margin into our lives. You know, uh, four times a year, we hit what we call a fifth Sunday. It means that we have five Sundays in a month. Usually there's only four. And, and four times a year... Um, we'll have a, a, a month come along where we have five Sundays. And every time that happens, we're going to take the fifth Sunday of the month to stop. No matter what we're doing, we'll push pause on whatever series or study we're doing and reflect and come back to this idea of margin. Exploring what it means to have more money left over at the end of the month. Money that could be used to save or to give. Having margin in our lives, we had the emotional capacity to deal with the unexpected, um, to have time margin so that we have time to think, to read, to meditate, to dream. Because here's what we know is true. As margin in our life decreases, stress increases. And that's true in all aspects, whether it's your money, your schedule, your relationships, um, as margin increases, as there becomes less and less available between what we have and need, our stress increases. And we're going to explore the ways in which God wants us to build margin in our lives. And so in the end, if you have a hard time picking a word for you for this next year, maybe you can join us as a church in making that your word for the year. Uh, again, I want to thank you for joining us this morning on our online worship gathering I want to invite you to spend a few moments in prayer and reflection as we close out our time together. I want the opportunity to pray for you. And then Kyle and our worship team are going to lead us in one more song. It's an opportunity to continue our reflection, our response to all that God has done in our lives this last year and all that we anticipate and trust in faith that he's going to do next year. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for this great opportunity we have to come and to think and to reflect God, um, despite 2020 being an unpredictable and unusual and unprecedented year, uh, Lord, there are so many blessings for us to be counting. 
There are so many infinite ways for us to be thankful. And there are so many reasons for us to worship and to glorify you, no matter what happened this last year. Because you are good and you are God. And God, as we look forward to 2021, I pray that you turn our attention to this new thing that you want to begin doing in each of us. Not just on something new we want to attain or conquer or achieve or gain, but God, on on who you want us to be, how you want to grow us, what it is that you want to do both in and through us in this next year. Lord, would you search us? Would you know us? Would you lead us in the path forward? So that this time next year, we don't have to allow circumstances to dictate who we are and how we define our year. Lord, thank you. Would you be honored by the way we continue to respond to who you are and the ways in which you're speaking into our lives and into our hearts. We pray this in your name.